Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will smart food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. good welcome to broad street hockey radio that's right bsh radio my name is phil Matz. i am your director of fun and games for the evening a dozen games fam we did it we're we're so close we have we got to make it till april 29th it will be the happiest day of my life uh when this season ends <laughs> the season that ah, yes the sweet release of death <laughs> the season just it keeps on going it's it's the song that never ends, but loss after loss after loss. Uh, but there's still plenty of talk to talk about in Flyers land because they refuse to ever be boring. Uh, so let's get right into it. Let's start it off with intros. How about Stephalicious D. Steph Driver? Oh, yeah. So thanks for holding down everything while I was gone last week. I appreciated that at the break, Dad Charlie had left and Kelly and Bill just... Went like off the rails a little bit, Why but in a really I, fun way. That. That I don't even remember what we talked about. I think it was fun. You talked about the lottery, and I <laughs> cannot really stop funny. thinking about it. <laughs> I cannot stop really thinking funny. about if if we were giving out free money, of course, rich people would be taking advantage of that. <laughs> yeah. Like I can't stop thinking about it. It's it's ridiculous to think the lottery is real. Like it's it's actually I, insane. I didn't know that this was a conspiracy theory that I believed in until Bill Matz made me believe in it. <laughs> so that's where we're at. Um, I need to go back and listen to the second half of that show. With my, what was I, that? Said, I need to go back and listen to the second half of that show because I, I, I never listened. It was fun. Well, that's a mistake. <laughs> Our show is really good. I don't, I don't know if you guys know that, I, but a bunch of people listen and listen tell to us myself. Like so that, I've so. been told. Um, anyone that's been following along with like my, my family – medical stuff and and everything that's been going on in the shit storm that's been this year for my family little baby teddy had his heart surgery it was successful and he is doing fucking amazing he's been home he came home four days earlier than they expected him to he's had all of his follow-up appointments baby boy's doing great yay teddy 
Well, that's awesome. And so. also, what what other? I've had a lot to say because I haven't been here. Um, I don't remember, but I'm sure that I will continue to, to jump you. in sure and hit up. you guys with all of my many thoughts. <laughs> Until then, let's hear from the Athletic.com's own Charlie O'Connor. Hey, gang, I'm back. Um, hey. Last week I said I thought I had a sinus infection. No, I didn't. I had COVID, so that was fun. Um, oh, but anyway, I am. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> but I'm back, and I'm Fucking out of got him. So that's great. So sorry, sorry for that. Uh, that poor. Thinks he knows point. everything. Guess your yeah, numbers right? didn't tell you that one. Exactly. I mean, the test eventually did later that night. Uh, but anyway, um, I'm gonna instead of doing a hot take, I'm gonna ask a question to everyone. Oh. Little little flyers trivia. No, and no cheating. I would never cheat, Charles. Okay, Kelly. I would, yes. but I'm not doing it. I put my phone down. Okay. There are two players on the Flyers this year that have played in every single game. Oh, Jesus. They have suffered through every single game of this dumpster fire of a season. Who are those two players? Connect me and Travis Sandheim. Sandheim? Travis Sandheim. Sandheim. Sandheim yeah. has missed two. Oh. Mm. Oh. Okay. 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 Ivan Proverov? Proverov had COVID. He, was, he had Fuck, COVID. He, got, he did get COVID. Oh, he did have the Rona, yeah. Risto missed um, at least one. Right? Would have been Keith Yandel, wouldn't it have? <laughs> would have been wouldn't Keith Yandel, yep. <laughs> we'll get to that. Let's see. JVR? JVR is indeed one. Ooh, nailed it. Jesus. Who else? I'm trying to remember who the fuck is on this team. Cam Atkinson? Steph got them both. Oh, driver. JVR and Cam Atkinson, the only two players in the team that have played in all 70 games. It's great. The two goal scorers scorers have been here for every game, and yet they cannot score goals. Bill, I'm, I'm, well, I mean, Atkinson can. I'm honestly impressed. I mean, the team as a whole. I'm impressed that Bill didn't do like a JVR dig of like, well, he played in 70 games, but like, did he really? It's just like it's like what? What am I gonna beat a dead horse? Like it's, <laughs> we have twelve, we have twelve more games of JVR, and then we don't have to worry about him ever again. That's what you Allegedly. think, buddy. Wait until he comes back and scores all of his season's goals against the Flyers. There is zero. Oh, fine. He can do. Th- he can do it for the Arizona Coyotes in front of three thousand people. All he wants next year. Tremendous. He has zero percent chance of coming back. That's why only two guys. Man, that's yeah, that's the kind of year it's been. Yep. As an aside, I know we haven't introduced Kelly yet, but how cool would it be to watch the Flyers play Arizona in a three thousand person? So we cool. Should go do that. We should go do that. I don't. I, I feel mean, like it's going to be an impossible ticket to get. We could watch. Are they playing the Coyotes in Philly at some point for the rest of this season? We could watch it in front of with three thousand people. It's a really you good make point. A fair point. Go to the last game against the Senators. I'm yeah. thinking maybe three. It'll maybe be just three. like that. They might even suit you up. <laughs> oh my god! A Friday night last game of the season against Ottawa. There's going to be 11, 11, 11 people. There. Eleven people there. <laughs> They, they really it's a friday night like you know how they do yeah. the whole uh xfinity live like every goal you get like 50 cents off the beer they yeah. should just like beer should just be free yeah. it's a friday yeah. night just let everyone that goes in that arena just get obliterated to deal with this season oh yeah that won't end in tragedy <laughs> it would be a disaster. But there, there definitely, there definitely won't be people jumping over the boards into the bench. But it won't be like the drunk guy trying to fight Ty Domi. It'll be someone trying to fight JVR. 
<laughs> Last but certainly not least, the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. Speaking of going to games, I told myself on last Saturday against the Leafs, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to all the remaining games. That'll be fun. Tickets are practically free. <laughs> this will be a great time. I did not, not last one single day. Yesterday, I was like, ah, it's going to rain. Like, that was all it took. I was like, oh, it's going to rain. No, I'm not going. <laughs> Keith Yandel and Claude Giroux couldn't do it. You think you were gonna? I really thought I was Rain gonna do it. Rain is a more powerful force than the Philadelphia Flyers. One game and a little bit of rain. Meanwhile, it wasn't even raining when the game started. But any anywho, I'm I'm a bit disappointed in myself because I was really gonna do it. But I but, uh, just laziness. I can't imagine. You can take it back up again. There's no reason to not I go might. to the rest. Uh, I might go Saturday. We'll see. If I if I were up there, I would definitely be going with you. I love a cheap hockey ticket. I'm, I I was saying the other day uh, to the person I went to the game with on Saturday that I have never had, like, an all-the-way 100% bad time at a hockey game. No. no. Like, even game six, I didn't have a totally bad time. It was, like, real bad at the end, but, you know, up until that point, I was having a lot of fun. Like, I've never had a 100% bad time, so if I can get a Flyers ticket for, like, 50 bucks, well, all right, I'll go. I'm going to have fun. Oh, totally. Yeah. And – like, you can get cheaper and then just walk down <clears throat> to the lower bowl. True. true. I hear the true, seat true. police are out in full force at this point. Oh, They're are they? heads, yeah. I just have, like, a thing. Like, if I – if, like, an upper-level seat is $48 and then, like, a club box is 60 the bitch is going to a club box. They have a private oh, bathroom. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's not – yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, whatever. Anywho. Way to go, Kelly. Uh, the Flyers. Yeah. <laughs> So sometimes you have to give props to your mortal enemy. Uh, it's like that worst person you know just made a great point meme. Um, I just saw right before we started recording that Ottawa, the Ottawa Senators, my, uh, just, I hate them so much. They have played 69 games nice. and they have a 420 points percentage. Oh my God. Way to go, boys. Uh, also... They have a game in hand on the Flyers and are three points up on them. So, like, I'm finding myself in a very weird spot where I'm actually rooting for the Senators because losses are wins. And so if the Flyers can stay below them right now, they're fifth from the bottom in the league. Finishing in the bottom five, they can draft no worse than seventh. Like, you know, it's a it's a whole reverse, you know, bizarro world thing. But way to go, Ottawa. 69 games, 420 points percentage. Um <laughs> Speaking of my enemies, speaking of my enemies, uh, future Flyers head coach Keith Yandel, after after 989 consecutive games played in the NHL, was scratched by the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, Chaos ensued. The takes were strong. (laughs) The takes were strong. Oh, man. To think, like, a team in the bottom five scratching maybe the worst player in the league and, like, argue with me that it's not true come up with a list of three guys worse i dare you um (laughs) it it was just absolute freaking insanity but you know we're we're close to the thing and we have no loyalty to keith yandel he's been here for this season you know he played 67 68 games for this team something like that Uh, most of them were abject disasters the guy's gonna finish like minus 50 this year playing like 12 minutes a night at even strength tops. It's actually impressive what he's doing in terms of <laughs> goals allowed when he's on the ice. But like 
for me, I was happy the streak ended. I thought it was charity for him to even get the record. Definitely not to be scratched the night after he said it. Um, zooming out, did the Flyers like fuck this up? Should he have yes. at least been allowed to get to a thousand? Yes. Like, yes. Why? And I know Charlie's gonna yell at me, but here's the thing: Is Keith Yandel fucking terrible? Absolutely. But Keith Yandel has been fucking terrible this entire season. And if you didn't scratch him back in, like, December when there was, like, a small glimmer of hope that perhaps they could turn the season around, what, like, what are you doing? And, and then you put him in two games later. Like, what? Come on. Like, just, just let the guy get his stupid fucking streak. Is the streak charity? Yes. But I feel like the Iron Man streak inherently at this point is a little bit of a shit show. The Kessel thing was a bunch of bullshit. Like, the one shift skating and then leaving to go watch the kids. Like, he, he missed that game. Like, come on. It, yeah, it's like, stupid top to bottom. But It's it's happened in other sports. We've seen it. Um, uh, well, Cal Ripken would play one inning to get his, his start yeah. in and then get pulled. I believe it, something like that happened with Brett Favre at one point. Uh, it's a it's stupid just, streak. It's meaningless. However, the Flyers are either very very stupid or don't give a shit about the fact that they had to know that the entire hockey universe was going to look at this decision and be like you guys are fucking assholes but i your games are meaningless exactly they're not meaning the games the results of the games are meaningless those 12 to 14 minutes i mean 10 most of the time that he plays those are wasted on him it's a waste of time Uh, like it points out the abject, uh, like, just Nick hypocrisy Steeler. of... It points out the hypocrisy of everybody in hockey. This is the try-hard league. Everyone out there has earned their time. Keith Yandel is fucking terrible and does not belong out there. They had a different guy to play. They were going to play someone else. They did. He didn't earn the time. He got his streak. It lasted longer than it ever should have. The only reason he reached the streak is because he had a streak going. There was nothing else propping it up except the streak itself. So yeah. it's all fraudulent to me. The yeah. fact that it lasted this long is a joke. Like, why Agreed. does he get to stay in the lineup? Does that mean someone has to sign him this offseason? Like, yeah. if he doesn't retire, it's, it, oh, well, it's disrespectful well, if no one signs th- that's, him. Yeah, no that, one that, would that, have signed him this well, season, which I, is another reason why maybe you should just let the guy get to 1,000 because who gives a shit? It would have been one thing if they had to remove him in order to put one of the kids in. They didn't need to remove him to put Ronnie Adderden. They kept Nick Sealer in under the guise of we're getting a look at Nick Sealer? Like the fuck? What are we Nick looking Sealer, at Nick Sealer for? Nick Sealer, I believe it was the previous game, gotten one of the all time great Brandon Manning fights to secure his spot in the lineup. Who was it that said that that's the reason that he well, that, that, okay, that was streak ended? That was a Friedman theory. Okay. It was not something you heard from the Flyers. It was Friedman talked to another NHL coach. That's where I saw it, yeah. Who okay. said that that was his theory as to why they kept Sealer in, was because you couldn't pull him after he fights Nick Delorier, who's way bigger than him and has this great fight, and they would have sent the wrong message. And Agreed. this is, it just, all it shows is, like, there's so many, that's one of the reasons why, like, this whole hockey culture thing, like. like Everything is stupid. It's just, it, it's so. <laughs> I'm not going to go so far as to say it's dumb, but I am going to go far enough. It is. I, I it's am, dumb. I am going to go far enough to say that, like, it doesn't act.
actually have any sort of consistency. No. Because, like, now you have, like, like, well, it was bad that, you know, it was a bad thing. It was a bad hockey culture thing to pull Keith Yandel out of the lineup because he's such a good dude and he's such a good team guy. But then, also, it was a good thing to pull him out of the lineup because you couldn't pull Nick Sealer out of the lineup because he fought some guy, and that's big for hockey culture. Like, it just, like, so much of, of this hockey culture thing is, like, us coming up with reasons after the fact. Yes. Yeah. Like it of just why they do dumb shit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like like how there can zero how can they how can it both be hockey culture? Like maybe because it's all subjective bullshit. Maybe and let me just throw this out there. It's because it's a culture that revolves around um, Canadian rednecks bare knuckle punching each other in the face, and so like the thought process not necessarily all that strong. They're all big dumb. That's so that's my sure. thing. Oh, I was gonna say it's a culture built around toxic masculinity, which is essentially what you said, just without um, those words. I love toxic without masculinity. Without those words. Oh, sorry. All right, so let me talk about Keith Yandel. Are you ready? Yes. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about his Iron Man streak. I don't give a shit about him as a player. I don't give a shit about what Chuck Fletcher does or does not do to him. I do not give a shit. Not one single shit. He's a human being. Yeah, I get that. I like Keith Yandel as a human being. As a hockey player, I I don't give one single shit. So Listen. my 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 thing that like really did annoy me about all of this was this newfound obsession with the thousand game mark. Yeah. That really, really pissed me off. Only it because it was right, I, it's right be, there. No, it's really freaking dumb. Because all you heard for the entire first half of the year was well, you can't pull him out of the lineup because of the streak. And it was like, okay, fine. You can't you can't pull him out because he's gotta break the record. Fine. I get that. Then he breaks the record and suddenly you just move the goalpost back. So, well now you can't bench him because he's gotta get to a thousand games. And well, then when you let him do that, then it's gonna be, well, somebody's gotta sign him because he's gotta stay ahead of Phil Kessel because Phil Kessel keeps playing. Like, no, you know what? At some point and I like Keith Yandel. I do. But this discourse was batshit insane. If Keith Yandel doesn't deserve to be in the lineup, then he's not in the lineup. To be it's fair. As simple as simple. That. To be fair, it's I said all along simple. that he wasn't going to get scratched after he broke the record. I thought the people thinking that he was going to get scratched after he broke the record were stupid all along. That was never going to happen. No well, one just, was ever going to scratch him. Until. They just but didn't like, have a really also, great reason to scratch him beyond this, beyond the, the the fans' argument, which was a legitimate argument, is the fact that like if you're going to say we're we're trying to institute a winning culture, we're trying to institute a culture of accountability, you can't continue to throw out there a guy who, by the numbers, has a strong case to be considered the worst player in hockey this year. And that's a fair argument. That's always been a fair argument, which is part of the reason why it it annoyed me when people were ripping the flyers. I, I think another thing that was bothering me about this is like, there was a very clear distinction on social media and also on like just the, the people who were the most critical of the flyers for this move. And I, I'll separate out like, you know, obviously like Kevin Hayes, like it's his best friend. I totally understand why Kevin Hayes is going to be pissed off. They bench Keith Yandel. Like I, yeah, if, 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 if Keith Yandel was my best friend, I'd be pissed too. And if even if Keith Yandel was just one of my good friends, I'd be pissed. I, I totally get that. That's fair. But the people who were most angry and insulted and horrified by the fact that the Philadelphia Flyers bench Keith Yandel are all people that didn't watch Keith Yandel like more than a couple games this year. 
And the people that did watch him for all 68 games were kind of like, well, it might not be in the best taste, but like, let's be honest, he's not good at that. All, all of the people who were big mad were all of the people who are also no longer good enough to play the game. Let's let, and let's be real honest here. Charlie said it nicely. Um, maybe didn't watch Keith Yandel play a ton this year. Jeremy Roenick has seen zero Flyers games this year. I guarantee it. Zero. Absolutely 100% guarantee he has not seen him play. He's just putting out a hot take on Twitter. The end. And there's a little funny cross. There's a funny little crossover in terms of people who do watch and don't watch the Flyers in terms of discourse surrounding the team all year. We'll leave it at that. Um, I, I just... But to, to Kelly's point, to Kelly's point, like, the point. timing was shitty. Like, if, if you were going to scratch him, like, did it have to be that game? Like, it was going to be shitty no matter when they scratched him because it wasn't going to be the thousand-game mark because he's bad. He's bad. But, like, so's the rest of the team. So I, I, get, I get both sides of this. Stephanie, both sidesmen. Um, no, I, I get both sides of it too. I just think that like a lot, a, a lot of the I discourse to me was just very disingenuous. That, that, that was my 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 problem was less Keith Yandel and more just I found the discourse surrounding it completely insufferable because you had a lot of people who clearly didn't fully grasp just how poorly Keith Yandel has played this year acting like it was this, like, affront against hockey that he got scratched. And it's like, to be totally honest with you, the Flyers were incredibly nice to continue to let him play for as long as he, they did. Because dating back to November, they would have been justified on merit scratching. Like, he got an extra, like, four months out of the streak. Because the Flyers cared enough about the streak and cared enough about him and liked him enough as a person. And, and like, talk- could, could, the, could they have let it go for the rest of the year? Yeah, they could have. And, like, maybe that would have been the easy thing to do. You know, it, it, they, there wouldn't have been any backlash, whatever. But it's, just, it's hard for me to, like, understand the uproar when, objectively speaking, he really didn't deserve to be in the lineup anymore. Because there there's nothing good about this season. Not a goddamn thing. And it would have been... It's just like a nice thing. Is that good? It is Horrible, horrible player plays every night is good. I mean, he's... You know what was good? Jerry Mayhew. The winter of Gerald and then Chuck Fletcher fucking waved him and now he's gone. So let's villainize Chuck Fletcher for that. That's any... Like, the other fraudulent thing about this streak is, like... He got scratched in the playoffs last year and the playoffs don't count, even though... We constantly hear, really, the only thing that matters yeah, in the right. playoffs. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, like, ask a Toronto fan about the regular season and what the fuck they think about that. You know, oh, well, who gives a shit? Like, it, like he do- if, any, if it was the least bit meaningful, he would not be in the lineup to the point where it was reported after the scratching that had there been any team interested in trading for him, which there wasn't because he's, again, fucking horrible— he would have sat out to break the streak so that it wouldn't have been an issue for a playoff team. Fascinating. Like, I just, I, the, the discourse 
it just drives me up the wall. And it's it's I so around anything. It's ever so good. inconsistent no. and hypocritical and nonsensical. And at some point, all you got to do is just laugh because, like the the idea, the idea, like part of hockey culture is like holding two completely opposed views in your head and somehow believing both at the same time. Like you're you're saying that like, well, you got to have a winning culture, but also. You got to keep Keith Yale on the lineup, even though he's terrible, because somehow that leads to a winning culture. Like, what? What is going on? And Charlie, like, that's the. I think the thing that drove me the most insane. And this will be the last thing on this. We can touch on this and move on because honestly, this is it's fucking stupid. But <laughs> the idea that, like, the Flyers this offseason have to bring in some free agents, they have to make some moves, they have to get this high end talent we keep talking about. If they make an offer, a competitive offer in terms of money, if they present playing opportunity for a player, and if they present a winning, you know, a winning picture to this player to the point he wants to come here, he would think about it and then go, ah, fuck, but they sat Keith Yandel, so now I'm going to go somewhere else. Like, that's insane that someone could think this is going to determine whether or not free agents want to come here. Like, if you hold that thought in your head, you're a crazy person. That's fair. Respect. I or, mean, I don't, you know what? I don't know. Like, that that's the thing. Like, like it, sh handle. it shouldn't. I just, it really I just shouldn't. Like, but who the hell knows? The like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm done trying to predict, like, what some random person in the game is going to decide on that day is an affront to hockey culture. <laughs> like, because it just, none of it makes actually any sense. Like, it all makes sense at first glance. But if you do any sort of thinking or scratch even a little bit below the surface and do some critical thinking about it, none of it actually holds together. Johnny Gaudreau's never going to come here now. Well, that's So, like, it, it is, it is, Keith, yeah, so, like, it is possible... Group. It is possible that, like, one of the players the Flyers are chasing after will ultimately turn down the Flyers because they scratch Keith Yandel. And will that make any sense? No. But, like, none of this actually makes any sense. I Like, well, let's put it together. I believe all the moves they've made for the last, like, two years have been in service of eventually signing Johnny Goudreau. John, <laughs> Johnny and Kevin Hayes, great friends. Mm -hmm. Kevin Hayes, Keith Yandel. Ah, oh, shit. We fucked it up. God mm -hmm. damn it. Keith Yandel's streak should live on. I think they can fix it, though. <laughs> I think they can, they fix, can it. fix it by... Time machine? No. Naming Keith Yandel the head coach. And we're going to take a break, and we're going to talk about coaching candidates on the other side. Because <laughs> me and Kelly last week decided we were going to talk about coaching candidates this week. So hang out through this commercial, and we'll be back. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Welcome back, fam, and it is time to talk about coaches. Uh, I've said repeatedly now, like on this show, on uh, the post games, Mike Yo, he could be Herb Brooks for all we know. 
they can't bring him back simply because of the results. Like, they just, oh, yeah, you lose every game. You can't bring that guy back, regardless of how good a coach he may or may not be. Uh, so it's time to start looking at coaches, mostly because I don't care to look at draft prospects yet. So I have a list here of guys who could be potential uh, head coaching candidates for the Philadelphia Flyers. Where do we want to begin? Because I want to begin with Keith Yandel. <laughs> I want to start with Jim Montgomery. Jimbo, right. that's the one. So Jim Jim Montgomery, honestly, is probably my like semi-realistic preferred choice. Because number one, I think that he's a good coach. Yes. Number two, I think that he's a good coach who could both plausibly coach a good team and also coach a rebuilding team. Like, and they're going to be both? <laughs> well, like, well, I just, I mean, look, I, I've expressed where I think they're going to end up, but, like, the Flyers are very clearly going to yeah. try and contend, and I think he's a good enough coach that he could, like, if the Flyers did nail this offseason and we're good next year, I think he's a good enough coach that he could coach that good team to be good. But if, if, it, if it all falls apart and they just have to totally pivot and start a full rebuild, I also think he can do that. Like, I think, I think he's capable of that. Whereas, like, let's say, I mean, there's another guy who we're going to bring up. But like, let's say you hire John Tortorella. Like, John Tortorella is not the kind of coach you want coaching a rebuild. Like, nope, that's not. part of the reason why he bailed out of Columbus. Like, because they were going to rebuild, and it was like, hey, I'm not a rebuild coach. And he's not. And he's a win-now coach. Same thing with Claude Julian, who I think is also a very good coach. But, like, you're not going to keep him around for a rebuild. He's a win-now coach. Like, that's what he is. Whereas Montgomery, I think, could do both. And if you're kind of in this weird middle ground where it's like, well, we're going to try to contend, but, like, it's going to be tough to fix this team, so there's a good chance we might end up rebuilding anyway, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally. I like him as a potential fit. I also like the story. I mean, obviously, he yes. has, you know, he had alcohol problems. It seems like he's cleaned up. I mean, I hope that he's, you know, able to stay cleaned up, hopefully. Um, but, I mean, that's somebody that I'm, you know, naturally going to root for. Just and he's given, a former Flyers. And he's a former Flyer. He's got not, he's got the alumni connection. Let us let's not forget, forget the most important thing: hiring him, the guy who you know named the Legion of Doom. That would be treating the alumni well, as is obviously the most important thing in all what the Flyers. What could be more important? No, no, no. Treating the season ticket holders well is the only thing that matters. Well, they're part of the team. The they're they're part. They're part of the oh, team. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Forgot. Alumni. My bad. Yeah. My bad. No, uh, yeah, I, love I actually did forget. Holders. I'm always joking. Oh, joking. Totally. One hundred percent. Um, <laughs> I actually forgot that Jim Montgomery was a former Flyers until what? I listened to last week's BSH radio. Oh. Excellent well, show. I mean, he only played, out. what, 13 games with the Flyers, but he, he did He was a win. phantom. Doesn't matter. He, yeah, former Flyers. He won a Calder Cup with the Phantoms. He was Phantoms there. Great. He was part of that older leadership group in uh, 98 that won, uh, that won the Calder Cup. So he's been mm -hmm. in and around the organization. Uh, and uh, he had success with the Dallas Stars. His only yes. full season there, they won 43 games. They went to the playoffs. They won a round. Uh, that's that's just that's what I mean. Out of everyone available, like he's only what mid fifties, early fifties. It's not like Claude Julian or someone who's been around forever. You're not just getting necessarily like the retread coach, even though he has been around before. But uh, it's it's an exciting idea because it seems like he's a combination of yeah young younger ish. And also, like, been around former Flyer, et cetera. Like, he's, yeah. he's done both. 
that's why I kind of like him. One of one of my friends who's a Dallas Stars fan, she says that he's the best coach that the Stars have had since she's been following the team. I mean, I think he's a good coach. I he mean, won I don't know in if he Denver, was... right? Yeah, he was. That really, was yeah, I mean, those Denver teams were real good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they won. Yeah, defending Big D loves him. <laughs> like our our Dallas Stars brand, love him. Yeah, he did a good job. Uh, he was thought highly thought of there. I believe he won a national title with Denver, so. He's uh he's as good of a candidate as we have, uh just in terms of like not John Tortorella, not Rick Tockett, like not that guy. Uh what do we think about you know, because we all kinda maybe disagree with the direction. We think maybe someone who can help out with a rebuild, maybe a little better, but that's not what they think they're doing. Do we think like Tortorella and Tockett are the front runners? Yes. I think the I think absolutely knowing the way this front office operates, they are 100% the front runners. And that... Listen, I don't... Sorry, Kelly. I, I was just going to say that, like, Tockett, I, I, I am not convinced is a good NHL coach. Like, he might be fine. I have... There's nothing to, to show me that he's actually good. I'm not convinced he's a bad actually, NHL coach. Not, I just I'm don't know. Bad. I just yeah, don't I, know. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm not saying... But, like, there's nothing that Rick Tockett has done that makes me go, yes, I want him to coach my hockey team to greatness. I think he can do it. Like, I, I know nothing about him as a coach. He's, like, neutral. I'm Tockett. I'm, I'm very open to Tockett because Ew. he was in Arizona with an absolutely nothing team. Yeah, and he did nothing. Like nothing. He did nothing there. Well, he did more than other people have. Uh, Tortorella, let me, let me, I will me. acknowledge that I think Tortorella could, as he did in Columbus, get more out of this roster than the sum of its parts, That's which would obviously be good considering, in the short term. Considering the spot they're in, where, like, if they are going to compete, it's kind of like a two-year window, sort of, okay, like, Ellis, Couturier, and Hayes are alive right now. We have to go for it, because after that, their contracts fuck us. Like, Tortorella makes sense in that regard, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. Like, torts to me, like if if the Flyers this summer are going to, you know, make win now trades and you know trade a couple prospects and picks and go out and like give Kadri a big contract or oh, something, like God, John, John Tortorella no. makes sense because John Tortorella. I mean, look, he's. He's obviously abrasive, you know the the comments about uh he had the, what the comments about Zegras about yes. like it was like cla- like like that yeah that's not gonna like you know endear him to particularly the online section of the fan base but like objectively speaking he is a good head coach and I do believe that like he would he I think he would get this team playing a style number one that. Is would be liked by a lot of the old school fans, yay, in in you know in this fan base. And number two, I do think he would get this team playing a more structured, controlled style that would win more hockey games. My thing with Torts, and I believe I said this on a show like right after Vino got fired. This has always been my issue with Tortorella getting hired by the Flyers. Is that I the reason why I don't love the idea is not because I think he's a bad coach, but because I think he's kind of too good of a coach, and he would improve the Flyers enough for that the them to never happen. 
be a bubble team and never bottom out, but he wouldn't be able to improve them enough that they could actually be competitive, and then we're just going to be stuck in this, like, we're the 7-8 seed for the entirety of the 2020s. Yeah. And that's that's why I'm opposed to it, because I, I actually, I think Torts would make this team better, but I don't think he would make this team better enough that they actually could win anything important. And in terms of, like, you said uh, he would coach a style that a certain section of the fan base would embrace— we represent a different section of that fan yes. base for the yes. most part as a show. Um, he is exactly the coach that like 50% of Flyers fans would die for. Like, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I mean, he's an emotional guy. He yeah. has that Laviolette vibe where like when, when, when you're mad, he's going to look mad too. Oh, and that's, I mean, how often have we like heard, man, I just want someone who cares as much as me. He looks like he does. Like oh, it is, absolutely. it is obvious. There's never a question. Like, well, maybe he's sent, giving them a different message in practice or in the locker room. Like, no, you, you know what he's thinking a lot of the time. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And like, you know, I don't know. It, it wouldn't be like I, if they hired Torts, I would understand why they hired Torts. Yeah. It's just that like I don't think. It's the right move for this yes. particular team because I I look at Torts as you're putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. I just don't. And it would be a darn good Band-Aid, but I just think they have deeper problems. It's just such like a – it's not at all a forward-thinking choice. Like for as bad as Dave Haxtell turned out for this team, that was like a forward-thinking choice as far as hiring a head coach goes and it would be nice for them to try to take the organization forward a bit in a way that they have not been able to do um pretty much ever and i i think that like jim montgomery isn't even that big of a stretch as far as coaches go um maddie campbell has brought up a lot um, Nate Lehman from Providence as a guy that Jay O'Brien like would love that. Yeah, <laughs> apparently he's real good. Then yeah, there's that that, that guy, oh, yeah, that uh, Swedish guy. Like they'll never yeah, right? hire the Swedish guy. Like that's never gonna happen. Um, but yeah, it's just like Torts is just a stagnant choice for me, and I'm very very tired of this team being stagnant. I, uh, Which is why they're, def- they're definitely going you, to do it. I know, I was going to say, that's why they're definitely going to do it. So, getting getting ready. I just, I hesitate with the Flyers being a forward-thinking organization because every time they've tried to do something out of the Flyers' box, they have fucked it up. Yeah. There's and they have many fucked examples. it up. What was There's that? that many examples. Well, I mean, the entire Hextall tenure. Ron Hextall and yeah. Dave Hackett. The entire Hextall tenure, the, basically. Yeah, that's. They, they set the organization back a decade when they tried to have a plan and, and look to the future and do things differently, the whole organization is fucked for the next decade. There's a lot. And I'm not to saying unpack. that they I shouldn't like be that's... planning for the future. I'm just saying they fucked it up. I don't want to get they into it, it but I feel like it's like, a, it's like too simplistic to just say Haxtell and Hextall are the whole reason why this organization is fucked and no. never try anything new again because they fucked it up. Like that's I, one, like that's there's so many no other things. saying that I don't believe that they're the sole reason. And I don't think they shouldn't try things because of that. But I bet you 
the people who run things do think that way. And it's like, so it's Bob. it's not, it's like we always say, it's not about what we think. It's a, know. You know, we all think they should rebuild. They're going to go for it. It's I not definitely, about. yeah, I definitely think that there are, and this is what I heard months ago, that there are people in the, in the brain trust that would like to hire torts. I wonder who. I wonder which ones. Um, I don't know. I don't know honestly who I would only be guessing, but brain trust is a another name, way to put it. right? Fucking Dean Lombardi. Another name that we haven't discussed day. yet is already behind the bench in John here? Torchetti. No, Torchetti, and I'll like, who throw... even is that man? He won a cup as an assistant coach in Chicago. God bless. Um, he has replaced Mike Yo either two or three times. I can't That's remember what keeps, was in I'm article. sure that keeps working. Obviously, it does. Obviously, keeps it working. does keep working for him. Yeah, to to be to be the guy that continues to replace. That Mike might Yo. be He's one. That might be the one choice that would piss me off more than Rick Tockett. Actually, <laughs> I actually I liked him when I did my research on him. I liked him. I didn't think that it was the worst case scenario for the team now the way that the team has been playing since he's been here sure as fuck is like I don't think that anyone that has been associated with the team this year should remain because fucking woof uh but I think that they are sincerely giving him a look I really would be shocked if they hired Torchetti I mean he's he's a big Fletcher guy like he yeah. was the guy who um after they fired Yo in Minnesota, Torchetti took over as interim, and um, and he coached the team uh, for the rest of that season into the playoffs. And then they hired Boudreaux in the off season, and Torchetti, you know, I think they they offered him the opportunity to go back to the AHL because he was their AHL coach. That's where they brought him up from, I believe. And then he basically said, "No, I'm good." Um, but obviously, him and Fletcher still were tight because they brought him back in for this year. So like, it's not like they burnt bridges. I just don't. So much of this to me, like, and I made this point on, on past shows, I just, I don't think, I don't think Comcast is going to be cool with them, like, hiring, like, someone who isn't exciting. Yeah, it needs to be a big splashy, splashy name. Like, Montgomery, so, honestly, isn't super splashy, but you could sell it. Yeah. Like, talk it, you can sell. Torts, you can obviously sell. Like, Claude Julian, you can sell. He's won a cup. Like, these are guys you can sell. Like, that, to me, in a lot of ways, is probably what hurts Yo the most. Is that, like, I mean, how do you sell Mike Yo? I don't no, think Mike Yo's a bad coach, but, like, you, you he's can't. He's not Elaine Vigneault. Yeah, like, I mean, you, that's and not going to, like, yeah, like, that's not going to sell anything. And I also think that, like, the big, you know, the, the people in the front office, like, Fletcher, honestly— Fletcher, I think, would, would probably not hate the idea of, like, bringing back Yo. Oh, God, Chuck. A Torchetti. But, like, but that's, that's Chuck. I mean, Chuck oh. likes these guys. Like, he, he trusts someone like Mike Yo, obviously. Um, but I think that, like, you know, the people advising him are more like, hey, if we want to turn this around, we need to make a bigger splash. I need so Chuck So that's why I, I, I think they're going to make a bigger splash. Delete all of his contacts and then go into his iCloud and delete them there as well because he needs to stop calling people. That he used to know in Minnesota. Like, well, speaking Charlie, of switch out those the now. next time you see him. Speaking of guys <laughs> he knew, speaking of guys Chuck Fletcher knew in Minnesota, the Flyers' current player development coach 
Nick Schultz. He's on the bench. He's been in the organization. <laughs> he is a former flyer. I, I know it's funny. I'm like Keith Yandel to me, like honestly, I'm all for Keith Yandel as coach. I fucking but love gonna... that you have Keith Yandel on no, this like, list. It's I'm something serious. that is serious. I'm, I'm loving I'm, the other one you have on this list. I'm for it. I'm for Keith Yandel. Like literally, if they hired Keith Yandel as head coach right now, I'd be like, cool. But it's not going to happen. Like Nick Schultz is a coach in this organization on the bench who Chuck Fletcher knows. Like also, he is a candidate. One thing that's like I think really important to mention when you talk about Nick Schultz is that he's very handsome. True. Oh, so handsome. He, it's disgusting. He should have won an Ashby trophy. He got robbed he of an Ashby. Should have. Oh, God, that Ashby trophy thing. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. Remember that? Remember when the Beats were pushing him as a potential oh Ashby winner? Yes, oh very God. well, Charlie. Regrettably, I do. I do, <laughs> in fact, remember this. Uh, but, no, like, can we please entertain my ridiculous idea of Keith Yandel yes. for just 30 seconds? But, like, Absolutely. that's not even the most yeah, ridiculous name you have on no, the list. No, it's not. Well, no, it's the name related. Like, the the next one. I don't have I don't have the outline open because I wanted oh, to be wait, surprised. So I have absolutely no idea so who else you have I'm on gonna, this list. I'm gonna, <laughs> the other one on the list is Andrew McDonald. And the reason both <laughs> oh, of them. I, I could have The reason yeah, both yeah. of them are here is because of the case, like, the way. Okay, the way they get talked about. Let's talk about Kevin Hayes' comments about Keith Yandel following the scratching. If he has so much intangible value, if he means so much to the young players and he's so respected, why isn't he the front runner to be a coach? Listen, after the St. Louis thing... In and the exact Montreal, same shit got said about Andrew McDonald. 100% here for throwing a former player with absolutely yeah. no coaching experience behind the bench. I'd like they're, it to be a good one. They're never going um, to do it. I don't know. Sometimes so my only players, thought, like My only thought about Yandel is, like, he's not a Flyers. Like, he's been here for, like, five seconds. And yeah, what I've seen of him in five seconds is, no, thank you. I don't want you teaching anybody what you do. Um, I mean, he's also, a puck moving defenseman. Like the thing that. with Keith Yandel is, like, Keith Yandel, and, and I know, like, all the Flyers fans know of Keith Yandel is this extremely diminished yeah, version of Keith good. Yandel. Keith Yandel was a really he good defenseman. He used to be good. Yeah, like, really good. I, I bet I he's got something Chuck to teach. Fletcher, I interviewed Chuck Fletcher to start the season and even mentioned how, I guess it was Ellis and Yandel were – at some point, top defenseman in the game. Like, I, I said that six months ago. Woof. <laughs> well, I mean, if Ryan, fucking season, if Ryan just, Ellis played, I mean, maybe he'd still be and good. And here's the other thing. He exists, just not for picture day, Not apparently. for picture day, apparently. I, I would imagine that Keith Yandel and also Andrew McDonald know that they're, they're bad. Like, Keith Yandel knows that he's fucking up every night. He's not stupid. No, he knows what good hockey playing is. It's not like Keith Yandel thinks that the current version of Keith Yandel is a top hockey player. Like, that's the thing. I, I, I hate to go back to the Keith Yandel, but, like, that's the part of the Keith Yandel thing that did bother me a bit. I know I said a bunch of it bothered me, but, like, I've said it on multiple occasions. Like, hockey players aren't dumb. No. Like, they, I mean, they're, you know, they might not be, like, <laughs> geniuses from, like, a, like, I play hockey, not school, but, like, they know <laughs> hockey. Like, they, they do know when, like, a guy is fucking up. So they all have to know that Keith Yandel was fucking up mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. And, like, 
to continue to be like, no, we have to keep him in the lineup because reasons. Like, that, that is concerning to me. Well, they probably also recognize that it's not Keith Yandel's fault the team sucks. It's their fault. Yeah, but he's part of the team. I don't know. And he's I'm real bad. Yeah, like, like, he's got the yeah. he's got the worst goals above replacement by evolving hockey's metric in the league by a not insignificant amount. Like I he's know, probably but at this point it doesn't matter. Probably cost them about at least four or five standing standings points by himself. And I don't think that's hyperbole. And he's a now guy granted who plays they would still be bad even you give them those four or five standings points, but like that's a lot. He and like that's four or five standings points. He does not play, like. He plays at this point ten minutes a game. It's almost impossible for him to have that kind of an effect on the game. Uh, I will back up to Steph's point about Ryan Ellis. Steph, Ryan Ellis currently tied for the league lead amongst defensemen in points a game. Just saying. Knew it. Him elite. and Roman Yossi. Knew it. Him and Roman Yossi. One point two five. Of course, Yossi's played sixty seven games and has eighty four points. Ryan Irrelevant. Ellis has played four games and has five points. But. The point still stands. You know, He's at the top of the yeah, leaderboard. We say Elite. this, we say this often enough, but I will never stop saying it. This season would be so much fucking different if Ryan Ellis didn't get hurt twice. Sure, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Like they still may not be good, but they would be better. Oh, they would they'd, absolutely be better. They'd be better. They'd also have been without their top two centers for most of the year. Like they, they kind of just stink. Like that's everything's yeah. bad. We know. But okay, okay. So Andrew McDonald was yeah. on the list. That made Andrew me laugh. McDonald, it's the other I one mean, that I made knew me laugh he would be on your list. I knew it. The You've other been one. This for so many years. The other one that made me laugh, not because like it's actually a laughable suggestion, but just because the way it's written yes. is Matt, Matt Carl's, Carl's brother. brother. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't even <laughs> name him. You the, just say his brother. The opposite. Who is Matt Carl's brother? He coaches coach Denver. Denver. Yeah. He coaches Bobby Brink. Oh. Yeah. And it's just it's so funny. Because it's the opposite of what so many Flyers fans would want. Like they fucking hate Matt Carl. <laughs> we, they don't want. They don't want a college coach again. Like it would just be so goddamn funny if they went that route. I doubt that it's gonna happen, but it would just be funny. Uh, is there anyone else? Anyone else thinks uh, could be a potential candidate outside the box? Oh, I mean, candidate? Well, I mean, you have Claude Julian in there. I think Claude Julian yeah. is a very good coach. He's I just think Claude available Julian... retread. Yeah, well, I mean, systems-wise, his teams always drive play. Like, he is a That'd good nice. coach in that regard. They always drive play. So I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, granted, I don't get the sense that, like, he's super high up on their list at the moment. But, like, I've, I'm, I'm never going to, like, be super critical if Claude Julian's name pops up because I think he's a good coach. It's going to be Tortorella, fam. Like, just I have pre-write two. the article. I have two <laughs> options. One serious, one less so. Do we think Trotz is out on the island? No. No, they wouldn't be that dumb. No way. I mean, if he's, I didn't think if so, he's out like, there, they... yeah, you got to get him. Yeah. Throw, yeah. Throw, throw all the money. It's interesting, at, though. At fire Everything. It's interesting. But I, I don't that's, think, I don't think Lou my... is even that crazy to fire Trotz. I mean, this, this clearly has been like a Murphy's Law season for the that Islanders. Or still, they'll still be good. But it would be wild. Oh, mm-hmm. And... Just like just maybe keep an eye on there, and, and if you have voodoo dolls, like you know what is you know what's gonna be peak flyers is the flyers are gonna hire John Tortorella, and then two days later Lou's gonna fire Trotz. <laughs> oh no! Just to spite the flyers. Oh flyers! Oh my god! Uh, anyway. um, and want... then the other one that's yeah. not 
the one that's not so serious, but also do it. Hemotemonin. Bring Hello. back hemo. I wouldn't hate Bring that. him home. My Bring my home. my completely outlandish one, which would not I he can't does. imagine it would happen. My outlandish one. Eric Wellwood. Oh fuck! Oh yes, God! Carl. Yes, do that! Yes. Oh my God! Phantom's great, Eric Wellwood. Get me Eric. He's Wellwood. like fourteen years old. Bring him in. Like yeah, like a uh, a real redemption story there. Yes. Guy who should have been. Oh my something. God! The feels. Yeah. He's been a great coach in. Uh, where is he coaching in the ECHL? Well, he coached. He coached Flint, and he that organization yeah, he was an Flint. utter dumpster fire, oh, and he turned them into a good team. Yeah. Now he's coaching in the ECHL. But Flint I know was when after he job. coached Flint, he left hockey for a while. Yeah. He was like, "Fuck this." Yeah. Well, it was. I mean, it was basically like the uh, the pandemic. I think I I don't know the specifics of why he he decided to kind of bail for a little bit. Um, but I mean that organization is kind of a mess, so I don't know. I think Jackie um, Moon sold the team. Yeah, but uh, mm-hmm. it it legitimately may have just been like they were building something really cool, and then two seasons got destroyed by the pandemic, and it was like, okay, do I really want to rebuild the whole thing again? Jimbo Montgomery and Eric Wellwood, assistant coach. Oh my God! Do it. Let's, do it, Chuck. How do, like, how do we start? Imagine the if they, Chuck, I know you're listening Eric to this. Imagine if they uh, brought in a bunch of alumni and it was like not the guys we think. Like, <laughs> <laughs> not like Dave Schultz isn't in consideration. <laughs> Jim Dowd, head <laughs> coach Jim Dowd. Jim Dowd. Jim Dowd. <laughs> uh, why not? Adam Hall, Peter White, did, did, is Peter he, White, is he still married. To well, I don't know. I don't know. Didn't they get divorced? If yeah, they got Peter divorced, White, he's out. Yeah, they they got divorced. I oh, think he's, he's out. He's out then. Okay. Ah, fuck. Yeah, he's done. He was blackballed from hockey after that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, not a ton of time left. Let's talk about some of the new kids: Noah Cates, Ronnie Ad- Adderd, uh, Hayden Hodgson. Got a look. I'm going to start with Owen Tippett. Owen Tippett is so close to being real good. Like, I like him. He's fast. He's got a hard shot. He's got good hands. He's constantly making things happen. It's just like, go in the net, puck. Go in the fucking net. Yeah, if he figures out how to score goals, he's going to be real good. It's He's like a like a fast Limblom that first year when it was like, hey, he leads the team in scoring chances and has two goals. Like, <laughs> if he could just like figure out a way to put it all together – he could be a tremendous piece for this team. I'm not saying he's a superstar, but, like, he's got a lot of tools. He's got more tools than most of the guys on the roster right now. Yes. Yes. I'm, the I've weird thing, enjoyed watching him so far. The weird thing for me about Owen Tippett is, like, you know, there are some guys. Like, I remember me and Bill had this debate for multiple years about Travis connecting. It's just like, well, he just can't score in the NHL. And then he could, and now he can again. Um, or at least not at like a, you know, above 10% shooting percentage level. But the thing with Tippett that's weird. He's got the shot. It, it's not even that. Like, I remember watching him going into the 2017 draft because he was a guy who was supposed to be like available potentially at the range of the 13th overall pick which is what I thought the Flyers were going to get so he was one of the guys I was watching a lot of tape of and like his calling card as a prospect was that he was a goal scorer that he yeah. was a finisher that he was a shooter and he has a plus shot and like he was the best shot in the draft and like it's very weird to me that now he's like that's what he can't do he can't score at the NHL level. He can't score goals at the NHL level, but he can do other stuff that's fun. 
And, like, even his underlying numbers so far in Philly have been fine. It's just that he can't score, and he couldn't score most of this year either. So, like, it's just it's, – it's weird to me that something that everyone agreed was one of his biggest strengths as a prospect has yet to manifest in the NHL. It's very odd. It would be like – I mean, obviously, like, apples to apples, but it would be like if, you know, Claude Giroux came up when he was a kid and, like, suddenly couldn't – set up people for goals like his passing ability just like didn't translate it's like that's weird because everyone said it was great yeah and it's like i remember i was gonna it's it's not a skill like skating like i feel like being a goal scorer is kind of like innate like it's more thinking than like mechanical like skating and so it's weird that it would just disappear like he forgot how to do it I remember that draft too, and the I abusive man that I was dating at the time was very into Owen Tippett as a Flyers. So that's that's the really fun little thing that I have going on in the background. But I remember people really liking him in that draft. Like it was, I liked him. I, I mean, I knew yeah. the Flyers weren't going to get him after they got the second overall pick, but I liked him as a prospect. Yeah. A lot of people really liked him, um, and I'm not upset with what he's he's looked like so far. Um, you know, this is a cursed season, so if this is the season that he needs to shoot the puck and none of them go in, great. Next season they will. That's what, yeah, I mean, like, I thought for the longest time Konechny wasn't going to be able to score at this level because he, he just, his shot was never going to beat a goalie. And now watching Morgan Frost, like, yeah, that dude's got a muffin. He's never going to score 25 goals unless they're all tippings. Um, Tippett can fucking rip the puck. It mm-hmm. just for some reason doesn't go in. Maybe it will start, like Steph said. Maybe it's just one of those years. But he was drafted in 2017. He's got some time, and he hasn't been able to find the back of the net consistently, so it's weird. Uh, Cates and Adderd, how, how – I mean, Adderd Cates only played what? Cates is fun. Cates I've really I've liked stuff. Kate's. Kate's looks I've really liked Ever Kate's. since I saw Kate's at the first training camp that I that he was at, I I've just loved him. Uh, and I should have known at that point that Phil Myers wasn't good because he was just consistently pushing him off the puck. But you know, hindsight. Um, Noah Kate's is fun. I really like yeah, him. I like him too. I'm I'm real high on him, and I kind of I was real high on him. The last couple years, I kind of, like, got a little bit less high on him because his numbers went down, and I didn't really have as much of a chance to watch him. Like, I think the thing with, with, with me with Cates is that I always really would like him at development camp. And that would always remind me every year, it's like, oh, I really like this kid. Like, he's good. And then when the pandemic hit and, like, pan- the, the development camps became, like, less frequent, like, the one year they didn't even have one, the next year, like, they had it, but it was shorter, like... I don't even think he was at the last one because I think it was too close to the college season, if I remember correctly. Like, it just... Yeah, that sounds right. All I was really looking at was, like, the numbers, and, like, once in a while, if I had a free night, I would try to catch a Minnesota Duluth game. And I just kind of, like, was able to sort of, like... Not that he fell off my radar, because I the scouts I still I talked to would still say, like, no, this kid's good. It's just because Minnesota Duluth, like, they play such a defensively-oriented style that, like, that's why his numbers are down. He's still good. But you, you start being skeptical because, like, as a prospect, the one thing I always hate with prospects is when they don't 
to have an upward trajectory. Like, he was basically point per game, I believe, in, like, his sophomore year. I think it was, like, 31 points in 33 games. And then his junior to senior year, he was, like, 18 and 30 and, like, like 21 and 28. And you're like, ugh, you know, you want to see a guy progress. You want to see him score more. And he's come up, and he looks to me, reminds me a lot of Limblom in that, like, he does all these little things right, but he's also faster than Limblom. Which is cool. I, I mean, he's a guy. I mean, I'm mentally penciling him in in the bottom six for next year. Yeah, he like, looks, I think um, he's. I think he's NHL ready. I think he's NHL quality, and like he's, he's a fourth liner, maybe a third liner on next year's team in my mind. That's Keith Jones compared him on the broadcast the other night to R.J. Umberger. You know, Umberger had a few big scoring seasons. Uh, side note, real quick. What's he up to? Does he want to coach? <laughs> maybe he. Can. Side note real quick, did nobody else just call him Scumburger? Like, is that just something I called him? I, I definitely say it, did not call him Scumburger. I say it now, and people think I'm, like, talking shit. And I'm, no, like, I think, like, it's a term of endearment. Like, he got yeah, you're coming from it was you're, you're, you're coming from, like, the, like, punk rock ska world, where it's, like, like scum is, like, a good thing. He's, like, he gets greasy, <laughs> man. Like, he's he scummy, you know, he's greasy. Yeah. Like, yeah, Cates gets in on the forecheck. I like what I see out of his speed and everything. So him on a fourth line, absolutely. Uh, something I'd like to see there. Real quick, Kevin Hayes. Uh, since he came back, his first game back in about, it took like two months, was uh, March 5th. He has since played 16 games. He has 16 points, five goals, and 11 assists. Um, this bodes well, if nothing else. Like My biggest fear was he was just going to get hurt again, and then we'd be behind the eight ball next year. And shit, man, there's still 12 games left, and you know anything can go wrong at any point. But... He seems so much better. Like, he yeah. looked like a guy playing hurt before, and now he looks like a hockey player again. Yeah, he looks It's just so better. nice to remember that I love this guy. Yeah. Like, it's so nice to remember Kevin Hayes is good, and he's fun, and he does make the team better. It's just so nice to have that back again. And while they do need top-end talent, like – He's going to be a part of this thing, and they badly need him to be good. You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's unlikely they get a second-line center to play for less than $7 million he's making. Like, he's your 2C. So it's, it's pretty it? great that he's back. There's, there's a lot of things over the last two calendar years that I have grown to absolutely fucking hate Uh-oh. about the Philadelphia Flyers fan base. And one of the things at the top of the list is how so much of them are like, what have you done for me lately? Uh Like so many people just decided to completely disregard the fact that Kevin Hayes, the last time he was healthy, everybody loved him. And over the last two years when he's very clearly been playing hurt. Yeah. And also this season was like dealing with a serious family trauma, like that might and be a reason why surgeries. he's not playing as well. And instead, you just got to hear people screaming about, like, this guy fucking sucks. What a terrible contract. He's pathetic. He's a joke. Like, like literally, 2019 was not that long ago, and you all loved him. And now you're acting like he's, like, an affront to hockey. Like, he's still good when he's healthy, and he's healthy now. And shock of all shocks, he's good again. Amazing. They have very small brains, Charles. Wow. 
can't hold a like, can can we can we just take a step back and have some perspective for once, ever? No, no, not those people, Charlie. Like, are we act, we're acting like Sean Couturier is bad now? Oh, I like we're back because to that. That's, he's got hurt. That's my favorite, thing. and now he's bad we're again. Back to yeah, that. like for no other reason oh, than he got that's hurt. something that's and really it's, been it's one of these things all season. It's one of the things that Steph talks about. Like, I can't get mad about things that haven't happened yet because there's plenty to be mad about right now. Sean Couturier's yeah. contract might be shit because his back is hurt and, like, I'm worried about it. But, like, I'm not going to retroactively say that contract is bad when, one, yeah, like, the tail end of it's going to be bad because any contract you give a veteran is going to be bad at the Absolutely. end. Absolutely. But, like, I'm not going to say it's bad until he's not healthy ever again. And even then, like, the decision, like, he got less than G got. And he's yeah. your 1C. So, like, it's not prohibitive. It's not something that's going to stop. He's not making 10. He's making 7. We called this growth. We called this growth because five years ago, you were real mad about Claude Giroux and Claude Giroux's con- contract. But now. He was hurt. I thought he was breaking down. He was simply playing hurt. But I'm just saying, and he got this over. is growth. We're not getting mad about Sean Couturier until he is actually declined. I mean, I'll be mad when he's not ready to go at the start of the season, but right now. That's fine. I'm fine. We're not. We're and, and, just not mad now. There's enough to be mad about now that we're not mad about Sean Couturier right now. And to be clear, there is a distinction between, like, talking about Kevin Hayes and Sean Couturier in particular. If you were someone who looked at Kevin Hayes the last couple years and was like, I'm worried about Kevin Hayes because they're paying him $7.1 million a year for quite a few more years. He can't seem to get over this, this, this core muscle issue. And he may never be the same guy, and that's a scary contract. That that is fine. That is a reasonable way to look at the situation. And it's the same thing with Sean Gatari, where like if you're like, you know what, that suddenly is a scary contract because if his just he's just not as effective as he as he was before pre back injury, then suddenly he's a you know four million dollar a year value player, and you're paying him seven million dollars through his thirties. Like yeah, those are reasonable concerns, and we can have a reasonable conversation about you know, those reasonable concerns. But when people are just, like, turning guys like Kevin Hayes into a punching bag because he's playing clearly injured, and it's like, this guy is terrible, he sucks, I hate watching him play, like, you know what? He probably hated playing, too, considering the fact that he knew he was playing at, like, 60% of himself. He couldn't move. And, like, and and, and with, with Couturier, it's like, did you forget that he won the Selkie, like, two years ago? Like, he's a really good player. Is it possible that he won't be the same after this back injury? Yes, it is possible. And if that happens, that will really stink, and we will deal with it when it happens. I will but, say— But at this point, you have to assume that Sean Couturier is still a really good player because he's been a really good player for, like, the last six years. I will say I'm more concerned about Coots simply because, like, the way he plays and the way he's built, like— Kevin Hayes is a bigger dude. Sean Couturier is tall, and he's strong and positionally good, but he's still skinny. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. like, And he has to play. It's not like he rocks people like Ristolainen, but he plays a very physical game in other ways. I'm more concerned about him than Hayes, that's all. But, like, you know, there's plenty to be concerned. And these are, yeah. as I said, these are reasonable conversations that can be had. I get annoyed when, like, people are just like, 
oh, well, Kurt Couturier contract's fucking terrible now. It's like, no, we don't know. And it, it, it does Yes, there, there is more of a concern, but, like, let's not look at that contract and be like, it's definitely bad. Let's not look at Kevin Hayes and be like, he just sucks now. Like, there's a lot more going on than your random Twitter rants. How about Claude Giroux, fam? Uh, Florida. Oh, God. Love of how, my life. That game fucking, last night was fucking amazing. How much fun is Florida? Like, God they damn, are they're fun. They are insane. I uh, totally get why he looked at that team and was like, yeah, I want to go there. I am a little concerned. Like, I guess, like, you win, you win. But, like, I just thought a team that's, like, centered around Barkov wouldn't be giving up six goals so regular. <laughs> Listen. Doesn't matter if you can score seven. It doesn't. It's just a little surprising. Uh, Giroud's been great. I think he's got nine points in eight games. Uh, got his first goal last night. I know me and Charlie have had a dude hitting us up trying to say that he's not doing anything for Florida, and it's like, well, he's over a point a game actually. So, oh yeah. wait, did some has someone been saying Don't that? It's probably Florida someone thing. I muted. It's someone I have muted, and then it's someone, probably someone I muted. It's someone I have muted, and then I saw someone else reply to them, so I had to see what the fuck. Oh, that's going the worst. On. Yeah. Is the worst that when someone you have worst. muted when or blocked? When you have someone muted and people just keep replying, so you only see one yeah. side of the conversation. It's like I don't, I don't want to see this person. I made see it. Yeah, like I made the decision. I don't want to see this person's bullshit anymore. I don't need to be reminded that this person existed by someone else. Yeah, and I understand they're just trying to be like you know, probably they're trying to like defend me or just like attack some utterly ridiculous take because that's the reason why I muted the person in the first place. But it does stink when like people pop back up into your into your mentions that you muted or blocked because someone is replying to them because they replied to you and you just didn't see it because they were muted or blocked. All right. And finally, Twitter. finally, why the fuck are the devils still so bad? Like shouldn't it's, they be better? Goaltending's real bad this year. They like, real real bad. They're actually they're actually better. Yeah. Like structurally they're better. Um I think their underlying numbers are pretty decent and Jack Hughes took a big step forward before he like just recently got shut down for the season. Their goaltending has been horrific. No, they're actually like they're 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 a team next year that like I mean I think they're in a much better let me put it this way. I think they're in a much better spot than the Flyers are because they actually have good, young high end Good talent. young players and a number yeah. 1 defense. Yeah. Yeah. It brings so, me like, joy that their goaltending is so bad. It's, but it, it, their goaltending is real bad. It brings me Kenzie joy. Kenzie Blackwood does not look like he's the answer, folks. Don't think he's better joy. than Carter Hart, everybody. <laughs> it brings me joy, except for the fact that they're still a point below the Flyers. And it's, like, every time at, I look at the standings, I'm it's, they, just shocked by how many go, teams are below the Flyers. It's unfucking believable. The Flyers it's never remarkable. win. They never ever win, and somehow like there's four teams below them right now. It's just like nuts wow. to me that Jersey, like when you look at the goal differentials, minus eighty seven, minus seventy seven, minus sixty, minus sixty nine, and that's the Flyers, nice. Um, and then you look at the Devils, minus forty seven, like bad, horrible, but like nowhere near as bad as all these other teams that have the same record as them. It just pisses me off that they can't. And they'll probably win be a little lottery. better. Yeah, uh, that's and that's what bothers me is they're going to end yeah. up winning the lottery and have Dougie Hamilton and like uh, you know Shane Wright and we're going to end up with the seventh pick. All right. Uh, Yay. <laughs> speaking of getting mad, getting mad about things that haven't happened yet. All right. Do we have Listen, anything else? Just get mad. Who cares? Oh boy. All right, and that is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button, search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content, content, content. Yeah, uh, there's there's post games. There's all sorts of shit going on. Somehow we're still pushing out things to talk about. We just did an hour ten on a team that wins once a month. Uh, yeah. 
it, it's uh, we're working over here. So uh, give us uh, give us a five star review. Yeah, say nice words about us. It's always appreciated. All right, that's it for me. Please, we need it. My name is Bill Matz. For Charlie, for Kelly, for Steph. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah! Who's gonna score hockey goals? Our team! No one does more hockey than our boys! The Flyers! What is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balke and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V on Apple. Spotify, YouTube, and everywhere you get your podcasts, go Astros.